0: Alright. Good morning, hey, good Eric. Hey Eric. Oh wow, okay,
1: yeah. Full on show here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the up <laughs> So he's, he, your chest docks in there. No. no. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh <laughs> windy in the robe protects me, yeah. And you know, you get a little hot underneath, so so it's did you watch is that you just old. bought that robe? No, this is just one I've been I've had for a while. Oh, okay. I'm not wool one
1: for another. you haven't found a woolen one yet no not yet i think i might be uh, getting one for christmas oh, my wife nice. is aware my uh desires. you're applying the you're applying the seeds on twitter for your christmas yeah moon. oh well, no <laughs> she's not yeah, right there's yet. a there's a comedian in the uk who used to say that you have to be for men in december you have to be very careful of the things you say you like in december Or it'll you'll turn, you'll just say randomly you really like something and then it turns up on Christmas Day. You have to be be careful. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, So, uh, the reason I was late is I had to get a little, I had to get a little workout in. I had to bounce on the trampoline first with the kids because, you know, my, anytime they ask you to do something like that, uh, sometimes your instinct is to be like, oh, there's something better to do. But it's, you know, you don't know the last, it might be one of the last 10 times they ask you, you know, if they get older, are they, they going to be 15 years old asking you to bounce on the trampoline? Probably not. No. So uh, I make a, I make it a point to always bounce when they ask. And really it's, it's actually a really good kind of a wake up exercise, you know, you just kind of jump around, all your tissues are bouncing, your organs are shifting, um, find it's really, really opens up, gets like the lymph flowing yeah swing your bounce yeah i always had a trampoline
0: growing up um and we were on it all the time um so yeah i could appreciate that bounce Mm -hmm. away i don't mind (laughs) yeah i'm waiting
1: there's nothing like that feeling of your knee coming up and hitting you in the chin as hard as hard as you can you know like (laughs) that never leaves your memory that feeling
2: i'm at the age where uh like if I jump as high as I can, it starts to feel a little like and this is probably a little too high for me, you know? <laughs> like, but you can still do it.
1: Cool. Okay. So what you guys been up to this week?
2: Uh
0: well yeah, I, I guess you post question, uh what a what have I been thinking about the past week or so? And um, I'm coming up on we're we'll, we're coming up on the end of this breath hold course, so I think I want to do something similar for the next like month um, after this, because so, I'll have well that space of time that I gotta uh, that I want to fill with something. So there's one of two things that I've been considering. And one is doing some type of like handstand training because I never I mean I I could maybe hold a handstand for like a quarter of a second or something like that Um, and I think I want to I I don't know I feel like getting that ability unlocks a lot of other abilities so um, that's something I might want to start working on over the next month or so Um, and there's a few different like you could just look up stuff on YouTube and everything but i don't think it's it's just about like a diligent practice and uh getting comfortable on your wrists and move, uh, taking a lot of load onto your shoulders and everything like that so uh, i don't know that was kind of something i've been considering uh but yeah th- this week uh i guess we have thanksgiving in the us um this well tomorrow actually but this normally like the transition from whatever fall into winter almost um so yeah i just wanted to start thinking about something different to do for winter uh skill i could work on so that's what i've been thinking about
1: and are you going to do that outside or inside as long as i <laughs> uh
0: uh both so if it's nice enough outside, I mean, today, today here, it was even like in the 30s in the morning, but it, it wasn't very windy. And, um, and as long as the sun's out, uh, it, it's pretty nice to be outside, but, um, yeah, that, that changes as you get into December
1: and
2: January and February. So both. No. So
1: what's the, like in terms of doing a handstand for what the, what's the difference? uh what you what do, what do what are you having to train differently than you're training just now
0: oh uh well it's it's a lot of preparation um like you have to prepare your wrists for it because they're obviously uh, your whole weight has to be supported by your wrists and if you're not used to doing that, you could hurt yourself um and then a lot of that uh like it's also just getting the right alignment in the body being comfortable uh inverted um I mean obviously you start against the wall first um and just try to slowly come off a little bit um and then over uh, th- there's also when you first start at least I my um I know when I've seen myself do it on video or a picture or something like that I have a big arch in my back so um a lot of that is like getting the right balance so you're uh straight up and down um and uh a lot of that too is is like shoulder mobility so if you can't get your shoulders like back in line or your arm straight back in line with your ear as uh that's just something else to work on so there's a lot of um a lot of components that go into it to try to get it right and uh it's it's nothing but just kind of doing it and working at it and being consistent with it, kind of like anything else. But um, I've, I've been able to hold a handstand for, I think the most I ever counted was like 10 seconds or something, and it was very sloppy. But um, I mean, there's people that hold it for minutes. So um,
2: it's it just a matter of getting comfortable with it. Will it walk in that position, you know? Or if I could walk, yeah. yeah
1: yeah and the pushups. mhm
0: yeah it's just a lot of uh well upper body strength and mobility that goes into it, and um it'd be something good to work on over the winter because if you gotta use a wall or something, then you're inside anyway, so uh I guess you could use a tree and all that, but um
2: or an outdoor wall, but uh, yeah.
1: Not very good at them either. I practiced, I was, (laughs) during the first lockdown, my girlfriend was asking me what these weird black marks were at the top of the wall in the bedroom. I was like, I have no idea. It's just weird black stripes, you know, moving furniture, who knows? And then I realized what had been happening. I going out barefoot walking, coming home with the black feet, you know, it's monkey dust here. And uh, jumping up and it was off the heels, hitting on the the wall, you know. The gauges were really,
2: Like, Like, you know, as one does, yeah.
1: She <laughs> got <laughs> pictures of my black feet sticking out the bottom of the bed and stuff. You know, sends them to my mother to shame me. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, what about you, Eric? What have you,
2: you been uh, thinking about or doing? Well, I was gonna just make a little comment. Uh, I wonder if uh, I would imagine that using kind of uh, Kevin's method of filming yourself and watching how your body moves and you know, all the movements you don't think you're making but really are. That seems like it would really help with uh,
1: handstand
2: training. You know, filming yourself for definite. I
1: hand- think he said about the curve, the back yeah, you yeah. curve. your your legs just fall over, and you don't yeah. even realize you do. falling right over. It seems to feel like you're more balanced. It makes you feel better yeah. when you're doing it, but then mm-hmm. when you see it, yeah, it's, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. Or maybe it's something to do with not enough strength built up, or the right, or to do with your the flex of the range of movement in your shoulders perhaps or, or something i don't know
2: yeah no i i would agree that's probably a um
0: an important component of it is just videotaping
2: yourself and seeing where your um your weak points are where the feeling doesn't match up with the reality mm-hmm. so uh as for me Yes, what I've been up to well, this past week I've been uh finally finalizing the uh labels for these products and about to release Cool. Nice. all right yeah, so um these are the things that always slow me down, you know, like actually coming up with the product and you know making it taste good and work really well that's that's fun I mean that's something i I do just From a normal experimentation for my own use, but um, turning into an actual product that you can sell to people, you know, and look presentable, is uh, definitely not my strong suit. But so it's been a a long time coming, but I'm finally very close. I have the uh, the design all done, picked out the the bags and the containers. So it's just a matter of uh, ordering them and uh, mixing the doing the first. The first run,
1: the little snippets of your branding and design that I've seen uh, is looks great. Okay. can you talk about what it is you've got coming, or do you want to talk um, about what the products are? Yet or
2: no, no, not yet. You know, I'll say that for when I'm. I don't want to jinx myself. Okay, cool. When they're actually ready to, uh, you know, to be mailed out, then I'll do it. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. this is an old school marketing tactic. He's just building suspense right now. A lot of suspense. Yeah, a long time. Yeah. But I mean, Keith has tried most of them. I sent him samples.
1: And, yeah, they're great. Uh,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you can have it. Uh, well, it's going to be killer. People are really going to like it. So, uh, so what have you been doing, Kevin?
1: Uh, the main, the, I've been thinking about something, and I've been doing an experiment. But I'll start with the experiment. Uh, I've been, this is something I tried years ago. I'd started doing and then i lost to have, I lost it for some reason and I've decided it was time to do it again, is teaching Juggling. myself, sorry?
2: Juggling. No,
1: no, oh. no. Uh, kind of, no, kind of in a weird way. Uh, starting to use my computer mouse with my left hand instead of my right hand. Uh, so this okay. just sounds totally basic. Okay. Uh, until you try it and you're busy. Try it when you're busy and you'll realize it's not as simple as you think. The so there's many reasons for why I'm doing this. It, this type, I did it ages ago because I got interested in left brain, right brain, you know, like different side of your brain controls the opposite hand for most people. And uh so I was interested like that, but it was kind of sort of Yeah, you know, random idea then and then it didn't I did it a little bit and it didn't really stick. Oh no! Actually, what happened was building websites at that time for people, mm-hmm. and you know you're like using the mouse that much, moving mm-hmm. the images and stuff around it.
2: Mm-hmm. It was just driving
1: me mental trying to do it with my left hand, taking too long, so I just stopped it and then kind of lost it. So I went back to doing it this week, but it's purely for practical reason. My desk just makes more sense to have the mouse on the left and my notepad on the right, and just the way it's set up now. I just rearranged it last week. I need the mouse on the left side, or it's a total pain. So I just thought it was the right time to do it again. And it's interesting things I've noticed this time. Is because you can see it's really good because you can see your hands. So you don't need a video. Not really. It'd be better with one, but I haven't used one. Don't tell any of my pupils that but I haven't used one for this yet. But the so like you're using the left hand and I've changed you know you have changed the buttons so the the other button is the main button. Uh, but whenever I use it whenever I'm clicking I'm finding my right hand's moving it starts to move on its own you know I've got like a ghost right hand but it's not doing but this is the weird thing it's not doing the clicks it's not like I'm clicking with the right hand it's not that it's it's just triggering something the right hand thinks it needs to be doing something and I think this is a brain thing. I think because because you're you're well for most people or most people are right handed and for most people it's your left brain it's controlling your right hand. And your left brain is, you know, like tool, tool use side of the brain. So there's something about the like the using, you're obviously using the mouse as a tool, you're doing things to get something, you have a goal, it's really like step by step goal oriented. And when when I start using the left, it's like it's confusing my brain. (laughs) It's the only way I can put it. So it's not just it's not just the habit, you, because you have to build up the new habit of using your other hand. So there's obviously that. It's just like you're just not used to moving your hand like that. But there's some mental component to it. And I also know it's breaking up my mental, uh, my distraction habits. So there's things, you know, the websites that I get pulled to and stuff like that when I'm working or something. It's not the same now, because I've been using the left hand. It's, it's strange. It's like uh. the, it's just broken some part of it. I mean, I can't explain this other than, say, brain uh in hand. <laughs> uh but it's really interesting. I really like uh I really it's really reminded me of a lot of stuff that's beginner stuff. So I'm used to doing this in other ways, obviously. And I've been doing it work like this for years. But I hadn't done this with my hand in ages. It's an obvious one. It's kinda of stupid I should have done it before. So there's obviously benefits to being ambidextrous and uh for people who are and you're more integrated as a person and your movements and stuff by doing this. You're less likely to have more uh, tension and weird habits on one side, you know, because like you can pretty much tell if someone is on the phone a lot, you know, like, or you know, you look at someone and they're really lopsided on one side often. Uh, so it kind of will undo that kind of thing for people. But also, it's this, this this good for your brain. I'm convinced it's healthy for your brain. Yeah. But uh, I still haven't mastered it yet and I've still got the 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 right right click, which is left click, there, um, uh, yeah. is harder. You know the middle finger. So I mean the index finger seems to be going fine. Uh, so the next step, once I've done this, I'll probably move on to writing. I'll try and write with my left hand, which is something I wanted to do years ago.
0: Well, you have to yeah. um, you have to form. I don't know. Can can you? Well, you have to form like a new circuitry. That that's uh, when you were telling me your right hand is still moving or whatever. It's because that's the old pathway in your brain. That's yeah. like it just telling it to move because that's that hand moves when you want to click the mouse and that's how your brain is wired to it. So it's- yeah, and it's
1: like tools. Your right hand's for tools and weapons and all that stuff. So you like your your doing brain, your get stuff done brain, left brain or whatever is is um is engaged. But then it's that it's the other side of the your other hemisphere having to work the hand and mm-hmm. that the other hemisphere is going to be more like things as a whole and. Uh, it's not, it's not as goal oriented in the same way. It's more present than try to get stuff in the future. Uh, so it's really interesting. Uh, there's probably a lot more to it. Uh, if I knew more about neuroscience, I could have better ideas, about what's happening. Yeah. But, the fact uh, that you're
2: interactive is really fascinating to me. Like, do you find yourself, uh, you're more productive then, you know, you get more work done
1: indirectly. Yeah. I'm slower. Much slower moving oh, stuff around. I was in a rush trying to publish the podcast the other night. I was trying to get it done, and yeah. you know, at one point I just found myself just taking a temper and leaping over with my right hand, and then sort of clicking in the craze trying to get it done, and then clicking the wrong button because it's the wrong round now, and got that oh, fucking in the bit like getting annoyed, you know. But mm-hmm. which is again is interesting because it's because I've read that your left brain, your anger of all the most most emotions are low, of anger. Sorry, the most lateralized emotion is anger to the left hemisphere. So it was the left hemisphere is getting frustrated because it's not using the hand. I'm not using the hand. It's I'm not using its hand to do what it's trying to do. So and then I'm getting frustrated. So that's interesting.
2: Um, Almost like that, like Keith uh, referred to, like the the pathway that usually runs to your right hand is so well worn that, and and the message is coming from the same place that. A little bit leaks through to the right hand and that's why you get the little passive you know
1: yeah must be yeah uh so yeah so more productive slower but more productive because i seem to be like uh i don't know i seem to be more like it's indirect where i i'm more just not interested in doing other things and i just do the thing that's Uh important it's kind of more kind of you know you're not like use an analogy it's not like the to-do list with loads of things and you do all these unnecessary things on the to-do list rather than the one important thing it's more i'll just do nothing or i'm just like messing like really doing not very much and then i suddenly do the right thing and then do nothing rather than like like what would be a more left brain right hand oriented, really productive and i'm doing all this stuff that boom 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 it's not like that's not me at all uh you know that's, that's just right. not me personality wise or current behavior and uh seems to work so it's really interesting uh if you
2: do the the left-handed writing the handwriting to see if your prose is different you know writing with your left hand
1: i think i think be. I mean be it would be hard, hard to consider that it
2: would be hard to like you know actually isolate the variables but just kind I of I think you uh, probably
1: could test this you know if you had if you had a way of categorizing different like say you were writing Maybe you used more kinds of different types of words more with one hand than the other. That you you would have to like analyze and have figured mm-hmm. out in advance which word meant more or whatever. But yeah, I think I think you probably could. Uh, my I remember my neighbour. I was fascinated with this when I was young because my next door neighbour, the like my friend's mother, uh, was is ambidextrous, and uh, I just found this absolutely fascinating because it's just so obvious you should be using this hand, this one hand couldn't understand how it was possible. My cousin was left is left handed. And mm-hmm. uh he was better at art, you know, so I've heard this a lot. Left handed people are are often better at art. Mm. Uh, I don't know how scientific that is but I've heard that. Uh I'm not particularly I'll good at it. art. Yeah. Yeah. Um so but uh are you I, the
2: I, I, uh, I'm a I'm a lefty, Eric, you're left left handed? Right, right handed. Oh, oh never mind. You're
1: lefty, oh cool. I'm, I'm left handed, yeah. Oh, okay. You. Um, so, like the with the left yeah, brain, right hard. brain thing, some, some left handed people it's just flipped. It's like it's just mirrored, you know, the hands and the brain. But I think some people it isn't mirrored. It turns out like their their uh, language center, which is usually on your left side, is for them is actually on the right side. It's complicated for like a small minority of people. So, I don't know what you are, obviously, yeah. uh, Keith, but obviously, the majority of people are right handed obviously
2: if you said so. you were good at art i don't know if i heard you right yeah i mean i'm not
0: i'm not an artist but i i am decent at like drawing and uh uh that type of thing so i used to draw a lot when i was a kid so yeah.
1: there's Can something artistic music? about the way you do the the way your um fitness routines and stuff are though. There. there is something artistic about the way you do it
2: yeah absolutely Oh, wow! thank you. I
0: never thought about it that way, experimental but experimental um,
1: well, I guess this is the integrated mindset because you're because it's you're creating and what you were talking about like the one of the last the last time we talked or the time before that you you know you experiment and making an app as you go along with the based on just having one having one piece of equipment, and you know that's like the constraint, so you have one constraint and then you're creative around the constraint you know it's like rhyming poetry in is better when it rhymes because 'cause they're forced to be really creative to make it rhyme. Whereas if it's not, they can just write anything and it's boring. Yeah. Generalizing a,
0: obviously. A funny thing, um that uh I guess it's just how my my brain is. Um I had a friend of mine that was teaching me how to play drums. And uh like every like a guitar, you need a left handed guitar to play guitar. And drums he has set up for um set up normally you have like the snare drum on the left uh like a hi-hat um and all that and uh and i couldn't play like that he's like no he's like no you don't you can't switch it to a left handed there's no left-handed drum uh and i was like well for some reason when i moved the snare drum to the other side i could actually keep the rhythm and beat so (laughs) for me there's a left-handed drum set and um uh he's like, it's not really that common. It doesn't matter if you're lefty or righty, but for me, like, I had to have it on that side or else my hands would get, um, they just wouldn't work.
1: Yes, yeah, the different way. hand would be yeah. the higher hand, so you'd be, it has to be different, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, normal, like, you, you would just have to keep your hands, uh, not switch them. So if you're hitting, um, like, the hi-hat cymbal and then the snare drum, you would, if you're doing it, uh if I was to do the same thing I just wouldn't cross them over. But then they weren't the right heights and everything. So it just for me I, I was like it was super frustrating because he's trying to teach me how to do this and I just couldn't do it. And then I got a lot better at it once I was able to switch it uh to a way that almost no one I guess keeps their drum set that way. But that was new to me. Um but yeah it's uh it's interesting. I have um there, I have four brothers and sisters, and um, all of them are left-handed, at least right-left-handed. And my mom's left-handed, my dad's right-handed, but um, every one of us ended up being left-handed, at least in writing. Some, some of my siblings play sports with the other hand, but, um, yeah, funny how that works, though.
1: My brother was naturally left-handed, but they forced him to write with his right hand. They were still doing this in the well, that teacher was still doing this in that part of Scotland at that time mm-hmm. and uh, forced him to do it. So he still writes kind of funny but he, it was like naturally he was, he was always trying to do it with his left. Uh, so it's in it's in the family but I don't have it at all uh, as my mouse twitching is uh,
2: proved yeah. to me. Yeah. So I, uh, something um, in terms of learning something like that.
0: Um, I had a thought about what learning is and, um, uh, cause I started thinking about this, taking this breath hold course, cause you have to like learn a new way. You're just learning a new pattern of, um, I don't know. It, I don't know what the right word is, but anyway, my, my idea is that like, you have to almost teach yourself a new memory and that's what learning is. So obviously you don't have the memory, especially like muscle memory, you don't have the memory to use your left hand for a mouse. Um, and it is just uh, making that connection, the right connection in your brain again and again and again. And it's forcing it to um, those, like the neurons or your uh, uh, the electrical signals going through your hand, like you have to force that pathway. And eventually it just becomes a memory in your system and that that's how you're actually learning is to teach yourself new memories so um i thought that was just an interesting way of looking about uh looking at it um for any type of learning
2: really but physical learning um is uh is is i feel like it's especially true for yeah Thoughts? related to
1: the memories is the well I've noticed with the mouse is it's giving yourself rules, movement rules. So like I had to it was just I just when I picked it up, I started doing it, I just started I expected just the two fingers to know what to do and just to start doing doing what I was doing. Uh and then they didn't. And then I was trying to do it, then the right hand was moving a lot when I was because I was still trying to do it normal. I was trying to do it as if I could already do it. I didn't have like you're saying, I didn't have the I hadn't learned the memories and I hadn't developed the capacity to I hadn't even developed the capacity to learn how to do it yet. Never mind having actually learned it yet. And uh but by giving myself rules, you know, I just said, Okay. You know, look at my left index finger. That is for clicking the you know, this mm-hmm. is for clicking the the right button. Uh uh when, you know, whoever it was I was clicking on, this is the one that does this and this is the other one for opening up getting the information of a folder or whatever. Uh that helped a lot, because now you're kind of you know your higher cognitive functions are now uh, ordering what's happening below which then helps build the muscle memory and the uh, mm-hmm. integrate the muscle memory in the in the movements uh, so that helped a lot so that's actually something that's useful for people is uh, uh rules of movement like that i have been cursed for <laughs> for ages with this thing people have even not, not even but lots of people have or you just can't put a usb cord in the right way up you ever get this
0: Oh yeah, I think that that's everybody. So, but there's yeah. a, slu-
1: a really quick solution. You just—it's a rule. You give yourself a rule. So I was doing this for a year, I was just so annoyed at it that I just couldn't take it anymore. So I just sat down with it and I looked at it. And I went, "Why did I keep putting in?" Even by the by chance, I was putting in more of the wrong way up than the right way up. So I—I I must have had some kind of subconscious wrong rule in my mind because it was like beyond chance. Why is it always the wrong way? Yeah. So I was looking at, okay, there's two squares in it, on each side. Uh, not video, so I can't show obviously, but there's two squares on each side, and two of the squares, the little squares, have a gap. They're like three dimensional. Two of them are flat. You know, like two of them have holes in them, basically, and two of them are flat. And the holes go to the top. Is it? That, that's all the rule. You just need to remember. So holes, holes go to top. And then every time I did it now, some point between grabbing it and going to put it in, my brain has clicked whether it's the holes are showing or not. And then it'll hmm. just I'm saying going to the top in a in a side of a laptop, the laptop I have. I know you, you guys with new yep. laptops don't have these anymore. Uh and then sometimes it might be upright if you're doing it in the back of a PC or whatever, but it's the same, you know, for whatever way round you stick it in, you're still gonna be the holes to the front or whichever way round mm. it is for you. There's a rule. Uh and then as soon as I said the rule, it's just it's just happening by itself now. It's all right. So Not the whole time. About. It was there the whole time. The solution was there the whole time. It's just you didn't Decide to have a rule uh that you're mm-hmm. obviously using words, but it's just like uh yeah. it's reasoning overruling yep. like habit.
2: that's that's pretty interesting uh I think a lot of people tell themselves short they don't uh there's a lot of opportunity to use your executive function to direct your you know your lower brain your more subconscious self uh one example that I found i just tried this one time because i was having really bad seasonal allergies and uh i knew i'd read about it i'd read the science i knew that it wasn't it wasn't like a rational reaction by my immune system it wasn't that hey you know the pollen was dangerous it wasn't gonna hurt me and so i actually just sat there talking to myself talking to my immune system i was like you know uh this pollen. I know it seems dangerous, but it really isn't. It's not going to do anything to you. It's not going to hurt me. Um you don't need to react like this. You can uh you can it, you can interact with it. You can just observe it and uh you don't have to you know, give me a stuffy nose or make my eyes itch. It's not you don't need to do that anymore. And uh I've never had any seasonal allergies ever since. And I don't know if it's if it, it seemed like it worked. You yeah. know. Yeah. So, I mean, I think people can just try that with almost anything. Uh,
1: yeah, we, yeah we, I think everyone underestimates how much you've got, like, internal dialogue that's just below the surface that's, that's adding to things that are going on. You know, you get a negative emotion, then you start talking to yourself, and it becomes yep. this bigger thing that you just you yep. actually created for yourself. Yeah, um, exactly
2: sometimes you just need to interject in that conversation you know, is-
1: so like maybe like yeah. you're you were telling yourself that it got a little itch and then you're like oh that's the itch oh, i'll be getting the, hay food, the allergies again i'll be getting the itch and then you start noticing something is that it oh, that's it then you start rubbing it and now it's yeah. like a self-fulfilling prophecy you start right now you do have a kind of there's mm-hmm. an irritation and now that makes it more likely that you'll actually react to the real yeah. situation and blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's cool
2: I mean, Keith, we're learning something similar in uh, the breath holding. Yeah, talk about that. It's working. Yeah, yeah it's working really well, actually. Yeah. Uh like so CO two. Yeah. That's the one that, that really, that's the really striking one to me because it it was almost instantaneous. You know, we just uh, once you learn about the benefits of having CO two in your body and being able to tolerate it, you know, it it improves oxygenation of the cells. Like without enough CO two, you can't actually get the oxygen in your cells so uh and what just learning that simple i mean i guess i'd known that but i hadn't really thought of it like that once i once that really stuck with me then i could suddenly hold my breath a lot longer because now the co2 wasn't so offensive i could tolerate it on a intellectual level you know and then i think the physiology follows but
1: yeah it's almost like your physiology with these things it's it's wanting your executive functions to tell it what to do it's like crying yeah. out for your higher functions yep. to say, "Hey, that's okay. Don't worry about that one." Or, "Yeah, cool. thanks for you know, thanks for telling me there was an issue, but that's okay because you know I figured out these things. That doesn't matter." And then your physiology will then worry about the next new thing, you can forget about yep. that and the other that's new true. thing, and then the mistake people make is they immediately react to the thing that feels weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, it must be bad, but actually, it's just telling you it's different. Something different is happening, and you're meant yeah. to be conscious reasoning person and yeah. go. Oh, that's fine. Uh, yeah. And you're like the leader of your different levels.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, all the different uh, levels of the brain are us, but uh, I think uh, if you break it up and think of it almost as different le- levels of your consciousness, it helps because then you can talk to it because it's a different level. Uh, but, I, you know, yeah, I don't know. Because the fact that we you know, we have this capacity, our, our brains work like this, uh, means, you know, that you can, the fact that you can voice, you can talk to your immune system, like actually have a conversation. It sounds, you know, like it sounds crazy to most people, but the fact that we have that capacity means there's, there's something to it. You know, there's some reason executive functioning is there, not just to, you know, help us, uh, do math or whatever. It's also there to. Yeah, like you said, direct the direct the lower systems of the brain. Yeah. What have you? Uh, what were you going to say, Keith? I know you were. You, you've had a. I think you've had a. You're doing way better than me. I think in the in the breath holding, you've been making some big big progress. I mean, I um, I am
0: kind of dumbfounded at about how well it's actually working uh going through this and like just learning um like you said how like you you have an internal dialogue part of the breath hold is like learning how to to talk to your um to your limbic system your uh like fight or flight response type of thing um so in this is uh this is the well, this is the fourth week, um, of the class in the first week. I, for,
1: for people listening, can you tell them what it is, what the course is?
0: Oh, uh, sorry. Eric and I had signed up for a breath hold program, uh, hosted by Erwin LaCour, who, uh, um, is the creator of MoveNat and, um, he's been holding these live sessions. Uh, it's a four week program. I actually think that there's one, uh, one program left in January for the month of January. Uh, and then after that gets sold out, he's not doing it anymore because he's focused on other stuff. Um, but anyway, he's, uh, he's teaching a program. I think it's called like breath hold work meditation program and it's learning how to, um, just breathe better, uh, increase your CO2 tolerance. Um, it is a way of meditation. And, um, I mean, th- the first day he had us just try to hold our breath as best we could. And I I was under two minutes is like a minute 50. Some- well, the first time I held it, I think it was a uh, one minute, 19 seconds. The second time I held was one minute, 50 seconds or something like that. and. Um, Today, I just finished uh, earlier, I I finished a um, one of these breath hold tables and I held my breath for three minutes and 55 seconds with ease and my max attempt last week um, was four minutes and 24 seconds. So that's if you had told me that I was going to be able to do that in four weeks that I would, I would, I would have bet against myself.
1: Most people wouldn't um, even believe you anyone could hold their breath for four minutes. If you just ask random people, they would just think no. Yeah.
0: People think that you die if you hold your breath for three minutes. So um, uh, it, it's really been incredible. And, and the biggest thing, uh, to bring it back to the point we've been talking about, a lot of it's just um, calming yourself as you're holding your breath. Because uh, when you are depriving yourself of air, um, it's you're your nervous system starts shouting at you that I need air, start breathing. This is dumb. Don't do this type of thing. And, um, you, it's almost like you have to calm that down because you know that nothing harmful is going going to come to you. So it's you're under immense stress and internal stress and, um, and it's learning to deal with that. And I actually, I had a thought that, um, uh a lot of people i mean you hear so many people that are dealing with like anxiety and everything right now um uh just in general and that could be a number of causes but um if you are not breathing properly and say you're always hunched over in front of a computer your diaphragm isn't expanding as much like your nervous system probably knows that you are not breathing well and it automatically has an an anxiety type response to that so if you're always not breathing well you're always going to be in some level of anxiety um i mean i don't just get
1: used to it and you forget like you're not aware of it anymore it's just there you just suffer all the symptoms of anxiety but you don't realize that that you're not aware of the cause anymore yeah yeah
0: so um i mean i don't suffer from anxiety but i could see have someone Uh, it could be a simple change that someone does is learning how to, um, uh, breathe in a different way because even these last few weeks, I mean, just, uh, I've, I've just felt so much calmer. Um, and I think part of it is just you're, you're training your nervous system to be more or learning how to talk with your nervous system, however you want to uh, frame it. But, um, it's, uh. Everyone calls it down-regulating, down-regulating your, your nervous system. Or Juan, I'm sorry. I keep on saying it uh, the wrong way. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great course um, or a great program. And I think there's only limited spots left. And if anybody wants to do it, I would sign up. Um, uh, but, yeah, it, it's I, I'm, I've been astounded with the progress I've been able to make in such a short amount of time. And, um, and yeah, it's all a matter of just talking to yourself and, and making your nervous system comfortable with the stress that it's going through. And it doesn't necessarily just have to be stressed from holding your breath. I mean, you could apply this to stressful situations any other time, but like you get that, uh, stressed out or like you feel like you're in a bad situation and you, you could stop yourself and say, oh no, I'm going to, I'm going to be in control here. And I know nothing. I mean, if something bad is going to happen, it's a good, that's a good response to have. But if you know nothing's bad, is going to happen. And and you could control that stress response. um, I just imagine it being uh, super beneficial in many areas of your life. um, Just because you're not, you don't, you you become more dependable to yourself, pretty much, that you're not going to freak out or anything like that. So
2: I I can't say enough good things about it. And, uh, and just the, the, it's not just,
0: it's not just thinking differently. Like you actually see the physical change. Like there's no way I could have done this three or four weeks ago. So, I mean, that, that's actually like, that's physical proof that something is changing or you're doing something different because, um, you could try to have the idea, Oh, my mind, my mindset has shifted and all that. But like, if you can't apply that, to your physical reality then. one who is everybody else going to believe you to um, are you going to believe yourself or, or whatever? So do um, you have anything else to add, Eric, but uh, about what you've gotten out of it?
2: Not really. I mean, I've had a lot of the same, the same responses. Uh, yeah. See, I haven't, I've actually, this past month has become a really busy month time-wise. So I haven't been able to practice it as much as I'd like, outside of the classes, but I've still made huge gains. Definitely felt a lot calmer just throughout the week. Um exercise tolerance is a lot better. You know. Oh yeah, yep yeah, So I don't really do a lot of uh like for my training. Uh I typically just kind of do random stuff here and there, little quick bursts of workouts. Um I haven't done sort of a CrossFit cell workout in years, so I was training with some friends and they were doing it. So I did it too and i was able to maintain like nasal breathing the entire time which normally i would be gasping for breath through my mouth you know mm-hmm. so that little things like that really uh leap out at me and uh when you mentioned that you the increased stress tolerance uh that's absolutely true because stress is kind of uh stress is the same stress is stress you know like the body responds to different stressors along the same pathways whether it's workout stress or, you know, uh, breath holding stress or, you know, a terrible commute. It's all kind of, the stress is, uh, manifest along the same body pathways. And so if you can, if you learn to deal with stress, uh, from breath holding, that will help you in just normal life stress. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, you start lifting weights and all of a sudden you're a little more confident, you're a little more resilient in the face of, you know, things bounce off your back uh this is just another way to build up your stress resilience and it's a really potent way because it's so fundamental to life you know breath that's the most fundamental desire it's not even a desire it's a need so it's not something you can fake uh you know food you can skip you can skip meals for a month if you want you can go without without water for a few days but air i mean (laughs) When, you know you hold your breath for two minutes and your body starts freaking out because it thinks it's really gonna die, so that's if you can Tonight, you can master that or at least uh you know overcome it then your ability to deal with other things is gonna be unparalleled so yeah, I really recommend it uh, Erwan's a great teacher he's uh you know the classes are supposed to run two hours, and he often goes three hours just because. You can tell he's so passionate about the material and he just wants to cover it and leave no loose ends. So, yeah, if you can get in there, I would really recommend it.
1: The other thing I like about that, the breath holding thing, is it's a nice, clean way to measure. If you go under the water, you Mm -hmm. you can't hide it. It's just factual. You either, like you're saying earlier, you have either done it or you haven't. And you really are, at some level, you know you will die if you don't breathe. It's real. So, you know, it's like similar to- Let me just add, this is not underwater. Okay. No, but I'm assuming it will eventually be used uh, for, you know, I know everyone uses it for diving. Water
2: is, in a way, easier. I think the longest breath holds are done underwater. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: Erwan uh, brought that up, I think, is because you actually have, um, like, uh, nerves on your face that can sense uh, when they're touching water. And it, it's another, well, it, it's part of your nervous system. So it knows not to inhale under those conditions. Yeah. probably the, It's probably the reason why, like, um, I think a baby, like a newborn baby knows not to inhale. Um, they don't know that uh, intellectually, but just based on
2: their ner- how their nervous system is set up, they won't inhale underwater. Yeah. yeah. You just toss them in and, yeah, they float. They turn over on their backs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mhm. You've tried with your (laughs) kids. I do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) One minute he's sneaking uh, egg yolks into his children's food, the next minute he's tossing babies into the water
2: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Don't try that. But yeah. Be very careful if you do. Yeah. But the um, the other benefit that I've seen.
0: Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh uh just for myself, um I I typically have pretty tight shoulders and everything. And just the um the conscious act of trying to fill my lungs up as much as possible. I feel like that's helped stretch out my my rib cage and my shoulders and um up through like under the collarbone and, and everything like that. So um, I know at the start of the course, when I started to take a very deep breath, I would, uh, I would feel like a, a strain on my right side in, in like my yeah. trap muscle. And that has since gone down by like 80% or so, uh, maybe even more. So
1: as you're using your diaphragm more now, um, it,
0: it's, I think it's that, but I think it's also that muscle is getting, uh, stretched out and there's, there's just not as much, uh, maybe I had adhesions there or something in the muscle that were preventing it from moving. But just over time, as I continuously do these things uh, on a weekly basis, that, um, it's just allowing those muscle fibers to move better than they were previously. So I I do feel like my, my chest and my shoulders are a lot more flexible. Um, I still have kind of like a, a forward head posture, but that's, that's, uh, I, I'm working on that too. But, uh,
2: yeah, I, that, that's like a, that's like a second tier benefit that I also noticed from this.
1: Yeah. I'm really interested in the way he, he calls it, uh, down regulating. I like that. Cause mm-hmm. that is, it's, that's executive functions talking to your lower functions. That's what it is, you know, like a, a lot of people kind of resist this kind of idea of thinking There's something unnatural about it, and this top-down—you know—they want to be more kind of instinctive or whatever. But this is natural for humans. This is what it's for. Your executive functions is for guiding and organizing and controlling the the lower functions. And we're saying earlier they they want it. They want—they want a leader. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's totally natural for humans. And Mm -hmm. you're—you know—you're not born speaking obviously, but with words. But you develop them pretty. You're born with the capacity, and then you develop them pretty quickly while you're learning to move and walk, while you're all learning to move all your movements and walking and running, you're also learning to talk at the same time. So these kind of the use of words to command yourself and move yourself around and to make things happen is wired into your move with your movements. They're not separate for us. It's not like we were these animals who cause like people have this idea without thinking about it. I think people assume they think of evolution. OK, there's all these animals and they're running around and they're wild and they're happy. And they're you know they're natural, and uh then humans have this language thing that's tacked onto that uh on top, but for us if you think of each person it's developed as you grew, your whole life is language wrapped in with your your movements and your actions, and uh it's bound to be more easy to control things than than you think because it's just no one te- it's only like weird people like us and Erwin, and you know like it's getting more popular now, but it's only like kind of, it's not obviously very mainstream that people experiment on the stuff and um, just assume it's true because it is true. But um, you sound a bit crazy talking about the stuff if you, if a person yeah. has no experience. It That's just rad. sounds insane. Talking to, T- talking to yourself that you can breathe underwater four times as long, you know, it just yeah. seems weird.
2: Makes me wonder, uh, you know, like five thousand years ago, if these this ability of your executive brain to delineate you know to uh delegate stuff to your uh, lower brains what if that was you know if that was uh accepted back then or if it was unneeded because they were living more in a harmony and they're more integrated already uh you know have you ever yeah you right? probably need it's probably too? more
1: of a like you know the parent Shouts only at the critical moments, rather than shouts all the time. Keep the shouting when the kid's in danger. Maybe it was yeah. more like the strong usage, less often. Maybe that's how it started, and then uh, and now, obviously, it's just out of control for people. Their words are just yeah. out of control in their head, and Evans fuzzy thinking, and it's mm-hmm. uh, they have no control over it in themselves. So the the natural reaction is Evans try to throw away words now. You know, like get back to the body and ignore all your words and get out of it, but. Yeah. That's to me that's like a uh dysfunctional use of in inner speech and outer speech. Yeah, that, so that's it. that's that's like further
2: segregation of exactly. those of those parts when you actually you want a good relationship between them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it.
1: Exactly. And also they they're not really doing it because they're using their speech to tell themselves to get rid of their speech and every time, you know, they're trying to meditate to get lose all words and uh mm-hmm they're just doing it, using it differently and, uh, unconstructively.
2: Yeah. The, um, uh, there was a, um, I think I tweeted it too, and it was a,
0: uh, something that Irwan had said at the very end of a course. And that really like struck a chord with me. And he said, um,
2: uh, actually I have my notes here. So, um, Oh, people think because they don't like the way they feel, um, and then they think they could just think away the bad feeling. But you actually you can't. You're
0: you're using a part of your mind that's not. Uh, you're using your thinking mind to change your feelings, and you're never going to be able to to do that necessarily. You can't think away bad feelings. The feelings are always going to be kind of more powerful. Um, until you could. Communicate with them better, back and forth. You can use your thinking mind to, um, to kind of address those feelings, and then those feelings can change over time. But you, you're not going to going to solve your your feeling issues by just thinking them away, or trying to ignore them, or um, or that type of thing. What do you think about that, Kevin? Because that that kind of like plays right into uh, um, what you. Yeah, did. well,
1: feel, feel it depends what you mean by feel. Uh, and I know um,
2: so uh, you you
1: want to think about of the exact quote I'll have to think about that quote but the, for me you it's a case of dealing with it indirectly so for example if, if a feeling that you don't want rather than like he's saying you try to think about it and t- and argue with the feeling and get rid of it at the level. That's the wrong level to do it. It would be more to reason out what you need to do, act on your reasoning, and then the feelings will change, will come along with that and change anyway. Uh, so you do it indirectly rather than trying to argue with the feeling. So you're accepting it because it's just there. But then you're uh, doing whatever it is you need to do. Uh, right. Obviously you want I, I just realized feelings. that I kind of
0: botched the quote. Um, but I could, I could read it back and it'll probably make a little bit more sense than what I said. Um, the quote was, why do you think people overthink, uh, so that they don't have to feel and why is it that they don't want to feel because to them, it does not feel, uh, to feel does not, geez, I can't even say because to them feeling does not feel good.
1: Yeah, I would say that the overthinking and that is referring to this out of control inner speech that we're talking yeah. about. Like it's that's that's to me that's dysfunctional thinking. It's not really thinking actually. It's more thoughting. It's just thoughts in words, word, 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 with people. Yeah, that, that's uh, a whereas good. Whereas uh, thinking is ordered you know, you have ordered concepts, yeah. and then you're, there's a system of relations and things refer to things. Uh, and it's hard. Actual thinking is tiring. It's hard. Uh, otherwise, it's just words appearing, and I think people constantly conflate thinking with uh, words in their head so they're not necessarily the same thing because mm-hmm. words are just placeholders for feelings often for people so if you're just going to use more words that are placeholders for other feelings to try and stamp out the feeling you don't want you're you're already to me that's the wrong level of dealing with it and yeah people feel bad in general so they want to avoid the feelings they feel bad so they're they're trying to talk themselves out and stuff so like i've never been a fan of um replacing negative self-talk with positive self-talk you know like you just you have these negative thoughts that people get i have never really had this but they have the negative stuff going on in their head uh so then they have positive affirmations to kind of stamp down on the negative stuff with you know i am you know i'm in their brain i'm a bad person bad person i'm a good person good person good person they try and hammer it down you know that's no one uses that affirmation but you know what you know what i mean uh Whereas really what you want to do is or, is uh, take control of your speech, inner speech in general, and and organise it rather than just change the emotions. It's like to me that's again that's too low a level. You it needs to be ordered from a higher level. Uh, it's just reasoning, but it's real reasoning. It's not like stupid rationality where you think you can just think of all these things and ignore the feelings because that's the other. Yeah, that's well, the other side of it that people do, and that's more like common. Uh, well, maybe not more common, but that's in the culture. Uh, so people are reacting against that. I just see this constant pendulum swing all the time. People go too far one way, too far the other way, uh, which to me is a sign of, uh, o- being automated mechanical, uh, just, it just swings back and forward. People aren't thinking, mm-hmm. uh, I say this as a, as a non like, you know, I'm not a, hyper intellectual rational type of person at all if anything the opposite so i've kind of had to integrate that mode into where i am now but for other people it's the other way you know they're far too in their head and intellectual and they need to get more of the feeling and the body stuff in so they need to do this kind of stuff first and feel things and accept things more because the feelings were there they're just not aware of them uh it just depends on the depends on the person. So. But yeah, I think we're talking that quote's talking about the same thing we're talking about. It's it's out of somebody's out of control in inner in speech. Or self talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is combined which is to me is not, it's inseparable from feelings. Feelings and not just like emotions, but also your just general pleasure pleasurable and pleasurable uh sensations. That's people I know this from the posture stuff, people don't seem can't really tell the difference between uh, without training, a, a feeling of displeasure or pleasure—you can't tell the difference in that. Being it's a, it's a good or bad. The, the it's automatically things. I think this is probably just a human thing. It's automatically labelled good or bad. And if you just avoid, so you're going to avoid the unpleasurable thing because it's bad, uh, or dangerous, or whatever. And uh, again, these this can all be tidied up with your language. It just requires a little bit of effort, and you just start labelling things better and experiment, you have to do something with it. You can't just do it in your head. You have to be doing something with the words. So I love the posture coordination stuff because it's straight into movements. You can see in the video whether you did it or whether you're deluding yourself. Uh, same idea with the breath holding thing. You can see it's not like, oh, I, you know, I had a lucid dream and I held my breath for six minutes. <laughs> you know It's like real. So yeah. So I think that's, I like that quote, uh, if that's what it means.
2: Keith, you ever uh, lucid dream? Um, try a breath hole in there, see how long you can go. <laughs>
1: At, At least get. the problem with lucid dreams is it's hard to do anything other than things that begin with F. <laughs> <laughs> flying. I mean, flying.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't ever lu- uh, done lucid dreaming. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. That is like a practice uh, techniques but. to do it, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've had quite a few, but not regularly.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, I've gone through phases of having them regularly, uh, and I've had like I don't know what you would call them. they like somewhere between a it's not quite a lucid dream, but it's more like a it's more like a I don't know. You just call it a vision. I don't know. It's it's there's the dream, normal dream life, dream world, mm-hmm. and then there's like the lucid dream world, and then there's the this other thing. It's more like so, I, don't
2: know. Uh, it I seems was really Sorry, we have it, some in between space, or uh, what do you mean? What I don't do you know. It
1: was it? just like sometimes like apocalyptic landscapes. Uh, uh, I'm going to sound crazy now. Voices, it, voices in the ether that are, are not in the dream. They're coming from outside in the room. They're they're coming oh, from outside happens, of like, the dream. Waking.
2: Oh, so you're sort of awake, huh?
1: No, no, this is sleeping. So okay. there was like sleep, dream, lucid dream, and then this visionary area, and uh, and then it was all like weird shit happened to me after that. So it was like it spills over into normal life. You know, you'd have like yeah. energy rushes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and then weird. It was always talked to you in in mythical themes always. Uh, huh. But the more this is the, another interesting thing. The more I the more I had them, the less more the less mythical and poetic the themes got, and the much cleaner it got. Instead of just all this, all these big dramas and stuff. It's like you have to go through this drama phase, like a kid doing all the stories, you know, like you're uh, uh, ch- chasing the dragon stuff, chasing yeah. the dragon. I think that's to do with drugs, anyway. Um, but you, you mm-hmm. then later, it's just more. Just it was just uh, understanding yourself in a new way. It was more mystical than mythical uh, mm-hmm. but uh I never go into making them happen because
0: this happened spontaneously it. or uh you were intentional
2: in, in this
1: it was indirectly I was doing other like I was doing kind of uh various practices uh, weird let's just call it uh, <laughs> meditation and other weird stuff yeah there's a bit um, of an
0: eye roll there for just the people listening. Already, <laughs>
1: <laughs> already way put, past yeah. crazy in this yeah. in this uh, episode. Uh, but yeah, I was doing stuff, and then this was kind of side effect, I think. Uh, but you, the the again psychophysical. Your environment was my environment was changing. What happened? So I was in the Highlands, Scotland. It all unfolded in a certain way. I was in uh, Southwest England. Came in a different way, and it marched it's hard to explain the. it just matched the landscapes and the folklore of those places, the the language in the dream, the sort of poetry language matched the different oh. places and I've had one oh. since I've been in Cyprus that was kind of more greek so oh. that, a part of that is just your own imagination obviously you're translating it but some of it was like it didn't seem like it was my idea I don't didn't think of more, that before you know?
2: I think the um, land is made with certain energies and motifs you know I think I'd totally believe that. Yeah.
1: Um and then like uh then I would become interested intensely interested in certain things after that and then the, often it would be a phase and then it would be on to something else. Uh sometimes it was things that were completely different. Uh you know, one time one time I heard I still don't know what it was, but uh, there was like a language been spoken that was um either Old English or Old Norse. I don't know which one. It was definitely one of those. Uh, sure. I didn't know at the time, though. It's, I was calling it in my, I was explaining it to someone. It was like, they were speak, this woman was speaking nearly English. And I just thought it was like, goo goo Gaga baby talk. And then mm-hmm. I heard uh, someone doing a, uh, doing a reading of um, Beowulf in Old English. And I was like, that's it. That's a dream language. And uh, mm-hmm. I was no interest of in any of that no. stuff then, none. But I could be, I've been interested in it ever since. So that was so in have, South England, and that was in a place that's like that. You know, it's that kind of uh, uh, town. Uh, so, and Sorry. you had no prior
2: experience with uh, old English.
1: No, no, none, none. No. Mm. Um, yeah. and I've been a heard of that. Like, I was having like um, kundalini type experiences, in and rushes up the spine and all that stuff in those that that period in time. Uh, and I've read a guy. There's like a Indian guy who's written books about kundalini, and he. He mentioned uh, writing poetry in a language he didn't understand, a language he didn't know, which obviously right. Evan just thinks is crazy talk, uh, but it's coming from somewhere. So I mean, obviously I must have heard all English somewhere before, but I don't know it, you know. Um, it was all, the, the weird thing was it was almost the only, uh, m- you know, like mystical, magical, mystical, myth- mythical tradition in the world that I hadn't been interested in was my own one. So, I'd gone through mm-hmm. phases I'd been interested in everything all around the world, everything in every part of the world, and I had no interest in the like the mm. uh what do you call like indigenous british yeah. uh, either celtic or um oh. uh northern calling, Germanic yeah and then boom, that so was the one actually. that turned up
2: <laughs> it was it was really did it yeah
1: yeah so yeah, so that uh, was combined with the loose dreams and stuff but i I never I had a couple of books of the processes, but never really did them. I was just too lazy to do them. Yeah. Uh, Just can be bothered. Yeah.
2: It always seemed to me that too much lucid dreaming could be, I don't know, maybe a little dangerous, you know? Because my my stance is that dreams are supposed to be sort of subconscious and uh, not actively controlled by you. They're. You know, we I don't think uh, I don't think scientists really know what dreams are, what they're made of, why they happen. And uh, it just seems like playing with fire to be like, oh, no, I'm I'm just going to control this thing that happens to everybody, you know, subconsciously. And I'm going to redirect it in my own way. It's kind of like uh, if you're taking control of your, you know, your heart, you're like, no, I'm, I'm just going to consciously pump my heart, you know, or c- control. All these autonomic processes in the body I, I feel like dream dreaming is one of those processes and to be, i don't know i mean but i'm sure it's pretty fun and cool uh, kevin uh sad. so i didn't mean to cut you off eric oh i wasn't say. saying oh, okay uh kevin you brought up um one other
0: time when we talked about um uh, an interesting perspective on how to interpret dreams Is that something that you want to or you feel you comfortable enough explaining?
1: Uh, I don't think just now. I think I need to experiment with that again because it's been a while since I, I did it. But basically, the sort of big picture view is the way to, that's more just sort of normal, meaningful dreams, dreams that seem to mean something and you don't know what it meant, is to instead of trying to, instead of picking the most emotionally biggest impact in the dream, and then trying to interpret that as oh this means this or this means this, and and going then falling that down you know in some kind of interpreting it mode, is to uh, think of it in terms of structure and to try and map out the entire structure of the dream. Don't get lost in the most seemingly most important one. Try and account for everything in the structure, and there seems to be only one thing that makes sense where everything makes sense and as a structure as a whole. And it will be telling you that you have a wrong view of yourself. But by but in the dream you're doing something that is really abstract, obviously. But in the dream you're trying to solve a problem and you're doing the exact opposite of what you think. You think you're solving the problem. You're you know you're trying to run away from someone and you're running and running and running uh, and then but actually you're creating them to chase you by the doing the running or something. So you're creating the opposite of what you think you're solving. Uh, you're creating the problem or whatever. And the dream will tell you this if you see as a whole. I got this from a a Platonic philosopher, like a guy who lives now, he's like in his 90s, called Pierre Grimes. And he, uh, I'm butchering it in my explanation, but basically he
2: uh,
1: has a system for doing this. It's vaguely based on on something Socrates says. And you, the interesting thing is you, you are deluding your, your, you're the opposite of, yeah, it's your, it's like, It's like he calls it the Dream Master. It's like it's telling you something about yourself. Your vision or your idea of yourself is wrong. It's showing you why that you're doing, you're doing the same thing over and over again. Try, but it's taking you further away from what it is you actually want, which is a, which is a more whole sense of yourself. And then he sort of guides people through the process by mapping out with it with little images and little characters of of the main dream scenes. And whatever it is, when you get the aha at the end and it's like a physical, psychophysical aha moment, it's like, holy shit, that's I thought it was this and now it was this. You know, it's like the end of the movie, you know, like the end of a movie where it just flips, the reality flips or whatever. Uh it's really hard to do yourself because the reason you're having this problem that the dream is showing you is because you can't get outside it, you're stuck inside the loop and you need to get outside the loop. Uh, so I've experimented with this, and it seemed to work for something I did, and it just the issue just disappeared for me uh, instantly, not because I did anything about it, not because I interpreted it, just because it, I saw it more clearly. It's about seeing it more clearly. It's really weird. I'll need to read more into it, and uh, uh, play with it again, and then I could maybe give a, an actual example, because it's hard to understand what I'm talking about. But like, basically, I'm just saying I'm going against the problem of I'm going against the habit of people having picking one specific thing and try to do deal with the specific thing. It's exactly what I do with the posture stuff. This is what got me interested in it because I saw the analogy with posture where like you can't just fix one part and another part and another part you have to somehow change all the structure as a whole and that's what he was saying about the yeah. dreams. You can't just pick one part of the dream and interpret it you have to get the whole structure everything in it, and then eventually you'll you'll see a new way that it can be. Uh, but your feelings will really want to prevent you from seeing it in a different way because your feelings are tied into this. Your are impostures, your habits and feelings. Uh, so you know, this goes but the guy I was talking about, it goes back to ancient Greece and you know, they had dream temples and people would part of your medicine was sleeping overnight in a dream temple and whatever you dreamt you told them and then they based your 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 treatment on things that the gods or whoever told you in your dream, and this was all just one thing, you know. And then you were told to, you maybe get told to go running in the sun, uh, you know. It was all like it was all interconnected. What we would now call religion, medicine, athletics, you know. Uh, it was all one thing. So, that answer your question, Keith. Yeah, that was that
2: was great. More than I expected
1: okay it's so abstract i need to i'll get i need to get a real example i'll do a real example of one of my own dreams and and uh, uh it's it's quite interesting uh it's the only thing that's ever made sense to me in dreams uh and you know yeah yeah totally um
2: i'll help with that kind of analysis of people's dreams
1: yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it for fun, I think, for a few people, and then if it works, then I'll maybe do it as a actual service thing. But uh, I yeah. don't know if I'm qualified to do it yet, because I mean, I've only really done it myself a few times that seemed to work. But then, I mean, I could be deluding myself. But I, yes. I but I go now by the if it's an aha moment and it I really don't like the answer, mm-hmm. I'm resisting the answer. Then that's probably it. Yeah. Uh, if it's I mean, I you always come up with it's this, it's that, and then you're like, nah, it's not that one. No, nah, nah, it can't be that. It's because it's too cringy about yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that's incidentally how I figured out what personality type I was, or didn't figure out. I don't know is it true or not. But I was reading through them when it was got it was fashionable on Twitter then. And, uh, uh, you know, everyone was talking about. So
2: he's got a, bee. Oh, oh. a little traveller nice. to listen in. Yeah. He could stay. Eric has, Eric has a B friend at the moment. mm-hmm you stick off.
1: That happens often,
2: doesn't it? Animals yeah. gravitate towards you. Nice. Yeah. Kevin, did you ever get your uh, bees? I know you're looking into that.
1: No, there was various problems. But the way I wanted to put it on the land, for the new house we're going into, it's not suitable for bees. Uh, okay. Or at least it's not suitable without a lot of uh, annoying people. But uh, mm. this is not practical. And then there's another place that was just—it's kind of out the way and stuff—and it's put me off it. But uh, yeah. I'd still like to if the circumstances are 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 right. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, I have a thing about honey. It's really—it's really attractive to me. I don't know what what is.
2: Something something I mean,
1: so mean really really uh, appealing about, it. um, and the honey, like I talked about before, the honey here is amazing,
2: and. I put there. in oat everything Besides, uh, just in the tea and coffee.
1: Um, yeah, it's always in coffee. And um, I've, even, like, I've even started <laughs> buying uh, Scottish oat cakes and putting honey on it. I don't know why. I don't I never used to eat oat cakes in Scotland. What's an oat cake? They're like these sort of flat, uh, well, they're made from oats, and they're like these flat, hard, I don't know you biscuit type things. Um okay. and uh, you know, like you they're they're better for putting things like you can put cheese in them or
2: uh
1: uh meat or whatever. but uh, oh, uh, that, yeah, they're kind of crackers. cracker type thing, yeah, but they're they're quite filling, and oats is kind of a Scottish thing uh, mm-hmm. so returning,
2: you're returning yeah, <laughs> yeah I yeah. think that's we have it is. a old question the in the dreams yeah part of okay. me was like
1: okay all this all this uh exotic cypriot honey is one thing but you know you need to you need to get some of the old get some of the old old country back into as well
2: yeah yeah so you're just drizzling it on there
1: uh yeah, oh, yeah i'm throwing it on that and uh uh but the coffee one is like that's uh, game changer honey in the yeah. coffee is just amazing yeah nobody uh, does
2: that it's always sugar it's or
1: so it's so it's like I hate, I've never put sugar in coffee and stuff i never ever put sugar in it and I'm, it doesn't it doesn't taste nice to me at all uh, mm-hmm. the honey's like like uh, it, it It doesn't feel like it's like this treat oh no you shouldn't eat that too much it just feels That's- totally healthy it is yeah. I don't I don't uh, gorge on it it
2: just you know uh, and uh it's you know, cool so that honey. Cool. So uh, I don't know. So local, you know, like it's literally the product of all the flowers that grow in the, in the place where the bees live. Exactly. So right. Everything. And, is different.
1: and so, know, like the get... marketing here on the honey is like very like orthodox Christian kind of marketing on lots of stuff. You know, so it's really like there's some beautiful uh, labels and stuff and the names. You know, um, some pictures, honestly. Yeah. Well, I'll start. I'll start. Um, honey. Honey trapping. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, maybe one day I'll, I'll make me one. But also, that was one of the things that triggered the idea was you had a long post on Twitter, Eric, that was really interesting about uh, best foods to uh, store long term for survival. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know, honey's obviously yeah. effectively infinite, that kind
2: of thing. As long as you avoid water, it'll just last forever, you know? You also got a great thread on honey. I happen to retweet it today. Oh, I haven't seen
1: that one. Okay, cool. Check that one
2: out. Yeah. No, that that one's really good. Very sincere, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can be sincere. I always am. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Man, all that from that damn B really wanted us to talk about honey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No wonder it showed up. I, was, I mean, it's weird. I saw it, like, I looked up and I saw it coming from all the way across the valley. You know, you can kind of see it shining. And it just landed right on my finger. It's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, don't act like you don't have some superpower or something like that. That's, you're <laughs> yeah. like Aquaman for bees. <laughs> Maybe. Usually it's spiders. It's usually those little jumping spiders that land on me. Mhm. Yeah, time traveling spiders. Yeah, somehow the conversation about spider honey wouldn't have been as good, though. Mm-mm. I'd eat it if they made it. Spider honey? If yeah, it, was, it, it existed, sure. I think it would be a redeeming feature, yeah. Yeah. So what else have we been up to? Be call for a yeah it's good thanksgiving yeah
1: so where are you now uh keith you said you're in a different time zone
2: no uh i'm still in the same time
0: zone i always am but my mind was somewhere else because uh i don't know why
1: okay psychophysical.
0: yeah <laughs> So uh, yeah, I I wish I could say there was some reason why
2: my—I don't know—I had a mental lapse, but uh, no, I was just just eager. You were ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I, was—I was thinking because we have to coordinate
0: three different time zones over a large span of time, and Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think my mind went to um eric's time zone but not really because it was he's three hours ahead of or behind me and i only went two hours so i don't know what happened since we started
1: web- doing this together i've noticed how many of eric's uh tweets i miss on twitter oh because of the time zones because i'm like 10 yeah. hours ahead of you and uh i was like and i had to you know set up the the podcasts uh Account on Twitter, and because there's, I'm only following us it's showing it's showing things that we've liked and replies and stuff. The three of us, you know, it's like populating with all these things I've missed. And I was like, tons of your stuff I've missed for ages now. So, I mean, it might be quite good from the podcast point of view because we're one of us is talking about it all the time. But uh from my point of view, it's a bit annoying. So, so uh, it's an annoying time zone, I'm in. Uh, most of my lessons with people are late at night. Not late at night, but later in the day, which is good. So I don't need to get up early, but it's also, it's, you know, it takes, it uses, it strikes your day. Ah, yeah. most, most, most people in America. But anyway. What,
2: what time so, is it for you, so. Right now. What's that? Yeah. What time is it for you, Kevin? Right now, uh,
1: It's uh, almost quarter past ten night. Okay.
2: It's so like. Really
1: um, so my brain's usually more tired and stuff at this time, but this is obviously the only time we can, we can do this.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is tough, but I mean, what, well, I mean once you,
1: it's, it's inevitable. I'm going to be drinking at some point soon. Uh, really, welcome, on a Friday yeah, yeah. And then I'll tell the real crazy stories. I
2: okay. mean, I would. If if you drink, I'll drink too. Uh, <laughs> okay, even though it'll be, you know, ten in the morning, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Will will fun. your be will your bee minions still come to you though if you change your scent?
2: Uh, I think so. Or maybe you have yeah. to drink mead.
1: If you drink mead. mead, you'll be fine.
2: Yeah, there really, you <laughs> go. On.
1: Uh, this one's been fun. This is really fun. Yeah. It's just uh, random, it's good
0: They'll keep getting better too. I feel a lot more comfortable than I did yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago or whenever yeah me too
1: it's the it's the two realities the reality of just talking and then there's the so people are listening to this that don't exist yet in the future and you're kind of oh, second guessing yourself I, sometimes
2: yeah it's always in the back of your mind at least yeah. mine
1: yeah because the whole time Nate, I'm like should I tell the story should I say that should I what part should I edit and then I forgot to edit way I meant to edit so fuck it's in there um, the <laughs> oh edit. people know that about me now I guess